0: Guys, I'm pumped about today's topic and it's actually um, something I've been thinking about for a really long time. We're talking about your hidden superpower. It's your brain. Now, I don't know, just saying that reminded me of when I was a kid and, you know, they had those DARE commercials, the drug awareness resistance education program for public schools and they would do that. This is your brain and then they would crack the egg and put it in the skillet and then it would say, this is your brain on drugs. I don't know why, but that's what pops in my mind. That's not your hidden superpower. Your hidden superpower is your brain, the organ that sits between your ears. And I want to talk about why your brain is so important to you and how you can harness the power of your brain to benefit you. So last week we talked about self-sabotage. We talked about some of the ways that we actually become our biggest enemy. And today I want to take it a step further and talk about very practically what you can do to overcome not just that negative pattern in your life, but others as well. So I want to tell you a little story about a trip I took for my 30th birthday. My mom and I went to the Hillsong color conference in Sydney, Australia, and it was an amazing time. Hillsong I think is an incredible church, but I realized something when I was there in the room. That I had really underestimated what God was doing in their movement because honestly, I think some of what he's doing there doesn't translate quite as much to American culture as we think it does. So I had the best time. The presence of God was there. I wept through worship more times than I can count. It was such an amazing conference and an incredible trip as well. But one of the speakers at this conference was a woman by the name of Dr. Caroline Leaf. And you may have heard of her before. This was the first that I had heard of her. And essentially she is a brain scientist. She's a researcher and she spent the last 20 years or so of her career, maybe 30 years at this point, researching the brain to validate the ways the brain confirms scripture. So interesting topic And she had about 30 minutes to speak in her first session and she was talking about the way the brain forms healthy thought patterns and toxic thought patterns. And this was essentially a science lesson that she weaved some scripture throughout. At the end of her message, she was going on this tangent and it was really profound. Now catch the scene for a second. There were 14,000 women in this huge arena. That's unbelievable like shoulder to shoulder. It was a sold out arena. All these women, there were young girls. There were one of the women sitting next to me was 90 years old. There were people who flew across the world. Like I did people from Sydney, people from surrounding cities in Australia as well. And it was just the most incredible atmosphere. And so as she's speaking, she's preaching, and then she realizes that she's out of time. And so she says as a very generous host, I mean, you know, speaker and being hosted at this church, she says to the crowd, I will have to pick this up later. I want to be really respectful of the time that's been given to me. And the crowd begins to shout out towards her. No, don't stop. And different people start shouting and people are clapping and people are saying more, more. I've never experienced that in my life. What I had discovered was the hunger of these women teach me what I need to know about the chemistry of my body so that I can be an overcomer for Jesus. My mom and I thought we're going to go get her book. And so we grabbed up our stuff and there was a break coming in the conference. And so we hustled out to the bookstore. And by the time we got to the bookstore, there was already a line, a hundred plus people deep. And I'm not exaggerating. The line went down the hallway of women waiting to get into the bookstore to buy this lady's product. The bookstore opened and her product was completely sold out in a matter of 30 minutes. Why? because what she was describing was not just faith. It was faith and science combined. Now, I have to tell you right now, my life has never been the same from that moment almost six years ago. What happened when I discovered this woman was my scientific upbringing of being a doctor's kid and a nurse's kid and growing around a hospital setting was married with my faith-filled heart. And it was like, this beautiful baby was born and that baby was me. I'm just kidding. But that's how it felt in that moment. And so we bought her book. She has several books. One, one amazing one is called the switch on your brain. I highly recommend this book, but essentially the idea she talks about is how your brain rejuvenates itself, how your brain forms neuropathways and what you can do about it. So we're going to dive into that a little bit. Now, this is not going to be very sciencey, but I want to talk about it from a way that I think is going to be really helpful for you. So to do that, let me start by reading to you Romans chapter 12 verse two from the amplified Bible. The amplified is my favorite translation. If you're not familiar with the amplified, essentially what it does is it brings out all the different connotations that those words in Greek and Hebrew could have meant. And it gives you the option to look at it as well. So you're not just taking an English translation from one person's perspective, but you're able to look at multiple viewpoints. And I love that. So here's what Romans 12 2 says in the amplified. And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. Isn't that amazing? Your version, if you, especially if you have the NIV probably says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Essentially what Paul is saying here is that a lot of your transformation is going to come from your brain catching up to what God has said about you. So how does this work? Your brain is an organ. I know if you've taken any baseline biology class in your life, you already know that. But let's talk about what other organs you have in your body. You have a liver. You have at least one kidney. You have a stomach. You have an esophagus. That's not really an organ. You have a heart. You have all these different organs in your body, right? Most of them are in your abdomen, but then you've got this one in your head called your brain. Your brain Is designed to function by God in a very specific pattern, exactly like your heart or your stomach is designed by God. Now I'm going to use the heart and the stomach because I assume you're more familiar with those. So what does your heart do? This is not rocket science. Your heart pumps blood, right? Do you remember this from your biology class you took in high school, your heart pumps blood through your whole body. And as it pumps, it's sending blood out. And it's also sucking blood in and it's called your circulation system, right? If your heart is not beating or is not beating correctly, you have a big problem. It's true. Now let's talk about your stomach for a second. Your stomach is designed by God to digest your food. It works with other organs called your digestive system, right? And so what your stomach does is when food enters the stomach, it meets with this acid that your stomach is hosting there and producing, and the acid breaks down your food. It breaks it down so that it can be absorbed into your body. The waste goes out, you know where, and the rest of it goes into nutrients to fuel your body to keep it running. Every time you eat, your stomach is designed to do this same thing right? This is like kindergarten level understanding of this. Every time your heart beats, your body is programmed to do something with that blood. Every time your brain thinks your brain is also programmed in the same way. Now, different from your heart or your stomach, your thoughts are something you're very aware of most of the time, right? You can hear them, you can sense them, you know, they are there. And so your brain has this hardwired programming by God, but then it also has some uniqueness to it as well that makes it feel less like an organ. But I just have to remind you, your brain is an organ, okay? Why is that important? Your brain is designed to work in this way. It filters the thoughts that you have. It looks at the thoughts you have the most of, and it says, this is what you like to think about. And because it knows that's what you like to think about, It holds on to thoughts that are similar think of it like a giant filing cabinet. Think of it like this huge filing cabinet where every thought you have is going into a little folder that's alphabetized, right? And then there's this little robotic person. that's not a real person. It's like a robot. And obviously you don't have robots in your brain, but go with me on this. It's like a robot has one filing cabinet that are your most thought about thoughts. That would be like your family or your dreams or the negative things that you consistently think about all the time. And so when a new file comes into the filing cabinet room, the robot devoid of all emotional attachment to this looks at the file and says, it's like this, the favorites, or it's not. And if it's like the favorites category, guess where it goes? It goes in the favorites. So if you're thinking about your family, it's going to add it to the other family thoughts. But in the same way, if you're thinking about negative things, if you're thinking about how much you hate yourself, if you're thinking about how much you hate someone else, if you're thinking about any type of toxic or negative thing, it doesn't matter if it's bad for you. Your brain looks at it and says, oh, there's a bunch of these in here. I'm going to put this in the favorites category. Now, here's the thing we have to understand. This process in your brain is working devoid of emotional value. What does this mean? This means it doesn't care whether this is a good thought or a bad thought. It's the same as your stomach doesn't care if you enjoyed the food or not. It just knows its job is to break the food down. Your brain knows its job is to categorize your thoughts. So here's where it gets tricky. Sometimes we think, well, I just need to quit thinking about that and it will all go away. That might be true, for, to a some degree. But if you've been spending days or years with the same thoughts in your mind, then imagine how big that filing cabinet is in your brain. So it's going to take quite a while to renew your mind to flush all those thoughts out. Now, here's the other thing this imaginary robot does inside of your head. It looks at the things you have not been thinking about a lot. And if they are dead, it will remind you, hey, do you still think this way? And that will be like you recalling a memory you haven't had in a really long time or a thought you haven't had in a really long time. And if you do, yeah, that's what I believe. Then it goes back into the filing cabinet. But if you don't, It gets flushed. Now I'm using an analogy to tell you exactly what the brain is actually doing. It refires from the subconscious level, ideas, thoughts, memories up to your conscious level. This is where like out of the blue, I haven't thought about that in 10 years kind of thing. And when that happens, you have an opportunity. It's called neuroplasticity. You have an opportunity to grab that thought and flush it out of your mind with the power of the Holy Spirit To grab that memory and retrain it, in other words, find the good in it and get rid of the bad if it was a traumatic memory. This is how God designed your brain to work. But here's where we get continually ensnared because we don't understand this. When the bad thought comes back up, we think we never had victory in the first place. We think everything I've been doing is for naught. So why should I keep trying to capture my thoughts? Why should I keep trying to renew my mind? Listen, guys, here's what you don't understand. Your brain is designed to work like this on a program. So when it's doing this, it's not trying to hurt you. It's not trying. It has no emotional attachment to this. It's just the algorithm that God designed your brain to work through. So you, your spirit, that's who you really are. Remember, you're a spirit being made in the image of God. Your spirit has permission and the authority by God to speak to your brain and tell your brain how to function. Just think about it for a second. This is why there's so many verses about taking your thoughts captive, about renewing your mind, about only thinking about the pure and good things, because the brain is really important. This is why there's an armor of God peace for your brain, right? Are you catching my drift? So what do you do when you find a negative thought pattern in your life that needs to go? Well, my best advice to you is to stay the course of retraining your mind. So here's what it looks like. Do you remember that scene in that old movie, I don't know, 16 Candles or whatever, where the guy comes out in the trench coat and he's standing in the rain and he's holding the boombox over his head and he's trying to win the girl back? What's he doing? He's doing a grand romantic gesture, right? I had a relationship in high school a long it was about a year that I dated this guy and we broke up. God really put it on my heart that I needed to break up with him. It was very painful. I didn't want to break up with him. I actually really liked being his girlfriend. He just We had very different goals and opinions about life and the Lord was right. It was not a healthy relationship for me. And so it was a messy breakup because obviously I wanted to be with him in my flesh. And so I really struggled to just draw that hard line. Well, he would bring things to me in romantic gestures to try to win me back over. And of course my 16 year old self was all about it, right? Who doesn't want flowers and you feel so special. And the last romantic gesture was this like 11 page, tear-stained letter that this guy gave to me that detailed out just his affection for me and and etc. And it was like this huge grand gesture. And I chose not to respond to that letter. And that was essentially the end of that relationship. And I tell you that story because this is how it works with our minds. We go for like quite a while having victory, right? Let's say you're trying to overcome the way that you view yourself. So not talking negatively to yourself anymore, not thinking negatively about yourself anymore, catching those thoughts, retraining them. Maybe if you're doing like a truth and lies thing where you discover the lie and you start declaring the truth over you, And you're doing that and you're doing that and you're having victory. Yes, that's so good. And you go for like two weeks without having any bad thoughts. And then out of the blue, one pops up. It's like this in every category we could talk about. If you're trying to stop watching pornography, if you're trying to stop smoking, if you're trying to stop eating out, if you're trying to stop really anything, right? Because if you've been doing something for a long time, your brain has decided that's what you like your brain has decided that's who you are. That's like what you do. And so to stop that is confusing to the algorithm of your brain. Are you guys tracking with this analogy? And so when you stay the course, what happens is out of nowhere, you'll have this thought come up and you'll have this intense desire let's say it's like McDonald's and you're like I cannot eat McDonald's anymore it's so bad for me and you go like 2 months without even thinking about McDonald's and then one day the McDonald's you drive by every single day as if I'm talking about personal experience here but there's one by my house it's like you see those golden arches and in your mind's eye they turn into french fries and all of a sudden you're taken back to all the moments that you have loved McDonald's fries and then you're like get behind me satan and you have to drive on by here's what's happening in that It's maybe it's temptation from the enemy, but more often than not, it's your brain triggering a sense of emotion because of something that you used to indulge on that used to be who you are. And your brain is saying, hey, do you remember that you did this, that you used to like this? And it's asking the question to see like some big grand romantic gesture, right? Typically ill-timed like they typically are. But this big grand gesture to say, hey, remember this? Do you want this in your life? And if you go back to that thing, you re-empower the very thing you've been trying to get rid of out of your brain. This is how the brain works. I'm just putting it in an analogy form for you so it's easier to track with. If you say no, that thought, the actual pathway that's in your brain, then dies for good. When it's ready to die, it comes back up to the forefront of your mind with intensity, and it's wondering if this is still who you are. Here's what you need to know, guys. Whether we're talking about self-sabotage like we did last week, whether we're talking about whatever it is God is doing in you right now, your ability to get breakthrough is there and it's hardwired into your brain. Don't mistake why those thoughts are coming back to you. Don't fall into that temptation. When you feel those temptations come back, when you feel the emotion that was connected to that experience come back to you, stay the course. Remember what you're fighting for. Remember why you're saying no to that in the first place. And I am telling you, it will go away. It might take a couple times of this, depending on how entrenched you've been in this issue, right? but it will go away. This is the beauty of the brain. And then as you're building new things like Philippians tells us to do, to think about the things that are pure and noble and right and just and good. As you're building those things, your brain chemistry even begins to change and it begins to gravitate towards that kind of stuff. So if you're coming out of a really dark past, if you're coming out of a big addiction, even one that nobody knows about, if you're coming out of hidden sin, don't be discouraged when these thoughts come out of the woodworks and play places that you didn't know, you know, you thought they were not going to happen again, actually be encouraged that what you're doing to renew your mind is working and stay the course. Guys, you have a superpower hiding inside of you. It's called your brain. Don't let your brain work against you. Harness that power to bring you into your best life with Jesus. I'm telling you, it will be the best thing you've ever done besides salvation and being filled with the Holy Spirit and some of those things, of course. So if you like this topic, I really encourage you to check out Dr. Caroline Leaf. You can find her on Instagram, Facebook. She has several books. The Switch on Your Brain is her first introductory book to how the brain works and you will be blown away. You will love it. I'm telling you, it's not sciency in a way that is boring. It's sciency in a way that is fascinating. It'll probably make you fall more in love with God as well. I can't recommend it enough. And I hope this is encouraging to you. Stay the course, friends. Tell those ill-timed romantic grand gestures of your past life thoughts to go away. It's not who you are anymore. And until next time, be blessed.